August 10th, 1996, Pearl Jam is about to release No Code. The whole world is doing the Macarena as they visit the theaters to see Jack starring Robin Williams, who plays the role of Jack Powell, the boy who ages four times faster than a normal, and George R.R. Martin released a novel called The Game of Thrones. We are the Federation Podcast. I'm Tyler Fudge. And I'm Travis Fudge. This is episode 152, 153. It's one of those. It's one of those. Either way, I do know it's WCW Hogwild 1996. This is the first pay-per-view that WCW has done since forming the NWO and having them being called the NWO. And now they've got uh, what feels like knockoff t-shirts. But it just takes a little while for the NWO t-shirts to come around. Those are some weird t-shirts. They are some weird t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you own one of those at this point, I bet you they're worth a lot of money. I, did they even sell them? I don't think so. They look very limited. Yeah, they look spray painted. Airbrush, you know I mean? yeah. But uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at the Federation. You can follow Travis. Budge enough, 333. You can go on Facebook. You can find us on Federation Podcast. You can buy us. You buy you could buy us anything really if you really wanted to. I'm getting there, but I mean you could buy your T-shirts from WhatAManeuver.net. Three different styles you can get them in all different uh, shapes and colors and and hoods and zippers and baby onesies and whatever you really want. You can get it there. Whoa, that was a that was a uh, jumping bean of an ash there, Travis. Jumping that, Jack Flash. Yeah, Holy. jumping Jack Powell. You mean from the movie oh, Jack? Good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, Travis, how have you been? I've been good, busy, you, but yeah, busy, busy, busy. Works, works, works. Keep the man's keeping you down. No oh, man, fucking yeah. The 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 people want to eat food right now, man. They do. Pe- people people want people want to eat. It's getting sunny out. Everybody wants oh, to go yeah. out. Wait till your fucking deck opens. Ah, oh, yeah, I know, man. I know. I can't wait for brunch. Brunches <laughs> those days are gonna be fucked. Um, but hey, you know what else is sunny? Sturgis. Sturgis is stunning. Stun stunning. It stunning. is stunning. It's a very beautiful place. It is the Black uh, the Blackfoot Hills. I think is what it's called. I love the documental footage that Tony Schiavone would narrate for us <laughs> it, instead of the promos that we would get. It's yeah. like I was watching a documentary on South Dakota, <laughs> and then every now and then they put in fucking wrestling. It was like, oh, cool. But uh, no, uh, I did miss the promos. I did not care for the Sturgis documentary footage just to get that out of the way and 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 front and center. Like I learned everything I needed to know about the Harley bike rally every year yeah yeah it's like mardi gras for bikers i can even remember it's the 51st one yeah this one is the 51st 1996 is the 51st harley rally yeah yeah it's it's something else isn't it you imagine bikers from like the 19 what what would have been 1930s 1940s just going down there no no, well, yeah, I guess Bet you that would have been a hotbed for 1945 Har- would have been the first one if you go by those numbers. Bet you it's a hotbed for Hell's Angels. I'd say it's a hotbed for a lot of unsavory characters. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but Travis, you know what's coming? What You know what has returned to the Federation lineup? What the fuck, WCW? What the fuck? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Travis, after months of hyping and promising a Macho Man Hogan main event at Sturgis, WCW was shocked that there were complaints about Macho Man Randy Savage not even being on the show at all. That's true. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, but 
he wasn't there for a reason that a lot of people overlooked. On the Nitro leading up to this, he had given up his interview time on Hog Wild to have a uh, a title match with Hogan. So uh, that title match would come at a, fu- a future pay-per-view shot. They wouldn't announce when it would be, but it is slated to be at, I believe, uh, Hell Probably Havoc. Fall Brawl. Uh, Fall Brawl is a, uh, a war games. Main oh, event. wow. We got a war games yeah. in 96. Hey? Yeah, I believe we get like, uh, I believe that might be when the fourth member. Mm. Maybe. Fair. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yeah, there were uh, two hints at the fourth member here on this show. Exactly. Um, throughout. Like, are, are you talking about how like they would hint that somebody had joined and then they double cross? Well, one is a seed planted. Yeah. That, that's one that we'll touch on later. But the other one would have been, I guess, the double cross at the end. Yeah, the double cross on Brutai, Brother Brutai. Who eventually goes into the end of Yeah, as the disciple. So at this point, when I saw him come down, I'm like, okay, well, this is happening already, hey? Yeah, what a fucking, <laughs> what a, what a lackluster he just grows his beard in a yeah. couple months <laughs> he's just awkward right now goes from booty man to disciple he looks no like time. fucking david or sammy hagar at this point oh man he's he, like it took me a long time before i realized that the disciple was brother brutai yeah i like I, mean, I was i was like good while into wcw before i realized that and i liked it better not knowing the beard actually changes him physically quite a bit yeah like it, uh, it's hard to it notice really that it's Brutus beefcake yeah i agree 100 percent. it's unreal it's uncanny honestly um but let's get back into this uh what the fuck wcw here john tenta was scheduled against bubba big bubba you know Big boss man, as they've been doing all throughout the. the oh yeah, we've the gotten enough of that. We have, we have, we've had a fair amount of it. They were uh, they were scheduled to be the main event of house shows at Greenville, Columbia, and Rock Hill, South Carolina, but the WCW booking team failed to realize that Tenta was booked in Japan that whole weekend, and the booking for Japan was made months ago. So they they had to work at last minute to figure out who was going to be in the main event. Uh, they would also hire Lanny Poffo to this illustrious contract where he would never be seen on television. That would happen this month. Uh, he was uh, basically just hired because of Macho Man, essentially. But Travis, the last bit of what the fuck WCW kind of harkers upon uh, the John Tenta deal as well. And that's why there was so much of a what the fuck here this week. Mysterio was scheduled to defend a Cruiserweight title against Brad Armstrong on an episode of Nitro. But again, WCW, you know, head office could not figure out the scheduling because Mysterio had a match in Tokyo the night before. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking clusterfuck. So, Travis, it deserves another. What the fuck? So, WCW back up their old tricks again. It took them a couple months. They, They had a couple clean months and then boom. Back on it again. I'd like to know what replaced John Tenta and Big Bubba. I can only imagine. Did God. you know they hinted at Big Bubba being a part of the NWO? Well, he goes into. He does. <laughs> he does. But uh, they, uh, who who's he in a match with? I can't remember. But they attack him. And then Big Bubba stood up there and they go to shake oh. the hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we watched that Nitro. Oh, did we? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I yeah, watched. Yeah, uh, Big Bubba. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah, I can't remember who he was wrestling, but he got up and they shook his hand and then they did what they did to Brutus. Yes. Essentially, like, Hogan's playing nice and then he'll just kind of, like, signal over to Scott Nash. Yeah, they go on the attack. Yeah. Uh, One last thing before we get into uh, the WCW portion of the show. Uh, Liger, this is when uh, Juice and Thunder Liger was uh, announced to have a tumor on his brain. Shit, eh? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Liger had been deaf in his left ear for the past three years. He just assumed it was from concussions, but it was a tumor growing, you know, uh, on his brain. Uh, They discovered the tumor when he went in for headaches uh, in June of this year, but he kept quiet and uh, scheduled the tournament to take place after the Super J tournament. So he decided to work that tournament all the way through. Um, but his tumor was non-cancerous and, uh, you know, he had surgery. He would have surgery on August 23rd. And I mean, Liger is on his retirement tour today. So this 22 years later. And he's had so many great matches. Yeah. After that too. Yeah. I wonder how long he's out for uh, when, when it comes to, um, getting the surgery and then recovering from it. Cause that's. I don't know when he comes back, but he was hopeful to make it for the September New Japan Tour, which started on September 12th. Jeez. uh, (laughs) Wow. That's uh, that's one badass motherfucker, man. That's all I got to say. Wow. Uh, Travis, did you know that on uh, this night, a Saturday that this pay-per-view took place on instead of a Sunday, did you know there was a two-hour WCW Saturday night on TBS that oh this Sturgis we wonder why the Sturgis crowd was horrible well they they've had to sit through a lot of garbage a lot of garbage and they did that like well they were talking about how it was free on TBS yeah. and then a minute into our broadcast they cut as the entrances are done it's like okay now you guys are done and the and the commentary awkwardly stops it's for such like, an awkward pause, isn't it? And we're back on and pay-per-view. we're back on the air. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Oh my god! Uh, but this WCW Saturday Night uh, had a public enemy to uh, defeat Dick Slater, Mike Enos, in three minutes and forty seven seconds. Uh, what are they called again? Um, oh, what are they called? I can't remember now. Oh, but god. we've seen them on one of the one of the episodes of Nitros we watched. <laughs> It's a terrible name, whatever With Curl it is. Curl Rob Parker managing them. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a shame, really. Oh. They they ruined them from the get go. Conan pinned Chavo Guerrero Jr. in a four minute match. Uh, let's see here. The oh, Conan also said that he has modeled his career. He worked as a heel, and he said he modeled his career after Hulk Hogan, and he still is. So basically, he's going heel because Hogan's going heel. This is basically Conan's joining the NWO. And he would end up joining it. I don't think it takes long. He's I, one of the, the. He's not the like one of the first ones, but he's before the. Big I don't slew. think he goes in until the Wolf Pack, man. No, man, he's part of the NWO White and Black for a while. That's how he gets into the Wolf Pack. He's one of the guys that branches off. Okay, but we still got. Oh, you got Ted. You got Giant. Mm-hmm. You got Six. I'm not like I, I. I'm saying like it happens before the year's out. Okay. That, like, I'm not saying it's going to happen within the next month. I could see it probably around Halloween half I could time. see it. I'm pretty sure by the time Sold Out comes, he has a match on Sold Out. In it's his, possible. In, yeah. his, in his thug gear. Okay. 
I'm pretty sure. He needs a gimmick change. He, oh, yeah. he needs something. He's, the super Mexican thing just doesn't work. He's so fucking boring. Uh, Nasty Boys uh, beat High Voltage in three minutes and 22 seconds. Matt and Jeff Hardy from Omega? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but Kenny Chaos is in that. that I know that. him from Mayhem the video game. That's the only thing I know of. Alex Wright pinned Bobby Eaton in a, with a drop kick off the top rope in 30 seconds. Kevin Jesus. Sullivan and Ming uh, and Barbarian beat Jim Powers, Mark Starr, and Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez makes his long way to return. Oh, great. <laughs> David Taylor, who's subbing for Psychosis, who is out of action with a dislocated elbow, took on uh, Mr. JL, and he beat him in two minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, let's see here. Dom Dallas Page. Beat the Renegade in 53 seconds. Wow, Diamond Dallas Page makes his fucking return after being seen, like, nowhere since the NWO started yeah. up. And even though later in the show, Ric Flair would talk about how they took Arn Anderson out, the NWO, Arn Anderson would main event this WCW Saturday Night Show in a match against Hugh Morris. And this was taped at Sturgis. Yeah. 40 seconds with a DDT. The Dungeon of Doom then attacked Anderson and Horseman made to save. These shows sound awful. They... They really do. Like, all these matches are less than five minutes. They are absolutely fucking horrible. So that's two hours of, of, of time that I'm sorry if you watched it, but you're never getting that time back, sir. Ever. Absolutely garbage. No wonder that crowd was so fucking dead when Rey Mysterio went out. Rey Mysterio had to work his fucking tiny butt off to get that crowd to fucking make a noise. And they didn't even give them much time. No. Like, Rey and Ultimo... They did not have as much time as I thought. That match flew by. It did. And we'll and we'll get into that show. But the first, crowd doesn't pick up until probably the Malenko and Benoit match. Yeah. And then they stick around for the Harlem Heat match, which gets a oh, ridiculous... And you know why that got a lot of heat. We'll get into that. I that's, know. That's, that's, I know. We'll get into that. Let's that not even outrageous. touch on that. Yes. Yes. We all know why the crowd got into that. And they it's, it's love the <laughs> Yeah, they yeah they they For definitely one reason love only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The color Ooh, of their skin. Yeah, to, to be blunt. <laughs> but uh, no, let's get into uh, WCW Hog Wild. So, like I just said, this is World Championship Wrestling, Hog Wild 1996. It's August 10th. Uh, this is from Sturgis, South Dakota, from the Sturgis Rally and Race. There's an estimate of 5,000 people here. Far different from the 250,000 people that they would say was there. But it was a depressing-looking crowd. It was, especially because, like, like, it's all spread out, too. Fucking shitty cars in the background yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, Travis, it also had a pay-per-view buy rate of 0. 0.62. What do you think that equates to? Oh, 160,000. No, 220. Bash at the Beach did 250, and then before that, they were hovering around the 180 mark, so they're, they're, they're keeping... That's good. Yeah, it's That's good. really good. It's, it's, Travis, it's really good. 
If you look at just over one hour before this pay-per-view was scheduled to begin, a major blackout occurred that that just killed nine states. And a lot of those states, most heavily in California, but a lot of those states couldn't order the pay-per-view. So can you imagine that like this, this show probably would have been the size of Bash at the Beach. It could have rode the momentum, it yeah. It could have rode the momentum a lot more. So uh, it's basically, you know, you're looking at the same thing happened to WWF earlier in the year. I can't remember what show it was, but it was a, it was the, uh, the Beware a Dog. Beware a Dog, where the lights went out and they had to do the replay show and it done nowhere near the same business. And the same thing happened here where they didn't make up the, the lost buys by having, you know, a replay of it is just not going to work that way. And you'd think too that with now knowing Hulk Hogan's a part of the NWO, you'd have a lot more buys. Oh yeah, you know the, I mean? the intrigue to see his first match as yeah. a bad guy and all that. Yeah, it would be more than the Bash at the Beach. So like, you know, like it to me, it would be a disappointment if it done less than two hundred and fifty. Well, now you've got a Hulk Hogan match main eventing for yeah. the title. Yeah, first and- time that we've had this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. he was in. He was in the the Tower of the, the Doom Doomsday match. match. That wasn't for a but, title, though. No. It wasn't a singles match. And now you got Nash and Hall. They're established that yep. they're in the WCW. Yeah, and they're wrestling two of the biggest WCW homegrown names mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. So you know, it, it's got a lot mark. A lot of marquee value is on this show. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It is. And 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 the crowd really moves when the the those valued players come out. You know what I mean? They you do. can tell a difference in the crowd because they know who these people are. But, I mean, it was, you know. You want to talk whole... about, like, Ice Train and Scott Norton wrestling Fuck. each other and the crowd reacting to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, Medusa it's... and Sonny Owen. Uh, and um, um, Bon Lacano, sorry. Like, j- just those kind of matches did not translate to the crowd no. at all. No. You're, you're very right. Uh, so, let's, let's talk about the overall look of the show. So, you got... The, the Tron is very, I don't know. It's like a gigantic ghillie suit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very, very uh, fatigue-like, very army-like. It's just like uh, very lazily put together. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it, it, it's barriers and fucking leaves thrown out of it is almost what it looks like. You know, let's talk about the, uh, the ring setup. Yeah, the elevation of the ring, which is at least four feet off the ground. For one, there's not enough padding. No area around the ring. It's very bare. Yeah, um, hinders a lot of matches, especially like the Ray and and Ultimo match. And it sounds like it hurts. Oh, it's a thud. It's a thud. Wow, it really is. Really uh, loud. The ramp is gravel. Yeah, outside of the ring is gravel. That's just some shoddy worksmanship right there. Yeah, it could have been done a lot better, considering how you have loose doors. Yeah, that are do going to dive onto the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I'm curious as to how they've laid out the the Road Wild pay per views later on. Oh yeah, it's the it's it's the same deal. It's just the ramp on the Road Wild shows are a road. Yeah, I was just gonna say so it's, it's like got the, the victory median. road ramp used to be in yes. TNA. And um, I'm just gonna finish a thought that I had last week talking about uh, the Crash Bandicoot level Hog Wild. <laughs> I bet you. Sony or Naughty Dog filed a fucking lawsuit against them for that, and now and then they had to go with Road Wild. Like I, I don't know, but I am just shooting it out there because the Crash Bandicoot game came out in '95 or early '96. Yeah, but Hog Wild was a uh, um, warped, wasn't it? No, no, no? it was the the, uh, the the level where you rode the pig. Oh, like the polar bear. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
So I'm, huh. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and say between 96 and 97, there was a lawsuit filed by Sony or Naughty Dog. I mean, I, I wouldn't disbelieve it. I wouldn't disbelieve it at all. So, Travis, since we've talked about the look of the stage, we've talked about the look of the ring. Let's talk about the look of Tony Schiavone in his BDSM best along with fake tattoo and all. And then asking everyone else where their tattoos are. Yeah, like everybody else is supposed to get a fake tattoo. Dusty's got a real tattoo. <laughs> where is it? It's on his arm. Well, because they asked. Like, okay, so fucking Tony's uh, biker hat. Oh, it's, it's it's everybody's his glasses, his mullet, like <sighs> fucking mullet, man. Like there's a picture on the episode artwork. Perfect. I mean, come on. And Heenan is dressed as he's the Heenan only best. one that looks normal. Well, Dusty always looks a little weird, and and at least he doesn't look like a fucking couch. He's got some fucking weird ass denim shorts on. Oh yeah, he was in his denim best, and then yeah. he had his little little BDSM hat. And yeah, oh yeah, he was ready. But I mean, he was—he couldn't wait to point out the uh, the tattoo that Tony had. He just grabbed it by the arm, just pointed, just like Look. at the very beginning, yeah. the very beginning, like for fuck's sakes. Yeah, and so uh, we immediately get Mike Tenay on the on the call as Rey Mysterio Jr. and Ultimate Dragon make their way to the ring. Yeah, fans won't know what Ultimo means. For Never. fuck's sakes. Not a chance. Um, Sonny Ono has to manage every single Japanese every wrestler. Every one of them. Yep. Yeah. I don't like that. I I, I think it's I feel like a it's cliche. very unnecessary. Yeah. Because he's Eric Bischoff's friend. That's the only reason why Sonny Ono's here. Yeah. He is. That, but he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was Although one he'd file a lawsuit against WCW for in like 99. Yes. And yes. I think he won. I think it was settled out of court. I think, think, I think so. <clears throat> but uh, there was that one point in time where, where the crowd starts chanting USA in this match, and they cut to Sonny Ono, and he just looks like, American fans so stupid. He Mexican, not American. Right? <laughs> I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. Not even like the way he, like, well, technically, the way he said it, just like with the arrogance that he said it. And it's just like, this is... A foreigner coming in and telling you how stupid you are because you're all dumb because you don't know this and he does and it, it works on so many levels. The sad thing is, is that Ray is he's right. Yeah, he is right. Yeah, technically, yeah, Ray is Mexican, but he is born in San Diego. He yes. is American, so the fans were right, but at the same time, Sonny was right because the fans don't know. Like this, this crowd does not know he's not from Mexico. He's billed as being from Mexico. Yeah, so they just assume he is. But can you think, okay, this fucking rally, and they've had to go through two hours of Saturday night, they're tailgating, these guys are probably all cut, just done for, Oh yeah, hammered Oh yeah, for this show, and once again, it leads into Harlem Heat later on, just oh, some yeah, disgusting they, affairs. Um, they did not like them at all. Yeah, so I can see why a lot of this time where they tune out, you know. A yeah. lot of them probably don't have the intention span for it, let alone even a fan of the product, you know. Yep. So, uh, Tanae, uh, as soon as he comes on, he talks about how these two have never fought before, but he did say that they tagged 
at the Enoki Peace Festival that January, the 1996 version of the Enoki Peace Festival, and you can get a great video on the New oh, Japan WCW yeah. Peace Festival in North Korea in 1994 from a, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't oh, remember, but... Fuck, I can't remember either. Um, Giotto yeah. or uh, uh, Bento Bino. Yeah, yeah. Bento Bino, I believe. Yeah, it was, was the, the 1995 Collision in Korea show with yeah. Ric Flair and Antonio Great Inoki. Video. Yeah, really good. Really, yeah. really good video. But this crowd is uh, completely dead to start. They uh, they didn't react to the great back and forth that they had. They're throwing a blow-up doll around in, in the I crowd. I didn't notice that. Like a beach ball, man. They're throwing a blow-up doll around. <laughs> <laughs> that is wild. I'll get a gift for it. That is, that is hog. Like, I... That is... I'm shocked that I didn't see it, because that's the kind of thing you expect from this dirty fucking crowd. Exactly. It, you know it, I mean? it fits the moniker so yeah. well. Um, I have to say, this must be uh, Ray's first uh, pop culture reference outfit. Oh, the Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, the Spider-Man game. I gimmick. never noticed that before. No, it's very subtle. I saw the mask and I saw the web. I was yeah. like, holy shit. It's very subtle. It's also really on his knee pads, too, I believe. He's got the spider, the white yeah. spiders, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, on his knees. Because when he first came out, I thought, like, okay, he's doing an American-based outfit, so he's going to really win over the rednecks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably part of it. <laughs> you know, it didn't hurt the fact that there's a Japanese bad guy that he's against. <laughs> You know, they they were all about booing Ultimo Dragon. And Ultimo Dragon didn't even have to do anything fucking heelish. They just start booing him, and Dragon starts match. working heel for, like, the first time in his fucking career. Because he's fucking Ultimo Dragon. But, uh, no, it, it's... The crowd is absolutely fucking horrible. This entire rally probably just smells like whiskey and sweat, man. Oh, and, and probably a little bit of shark, too. Without a <sighs> doubt. There's probably, some B.O. going around Probably there. smells like sex, too. Oh, yeah. You see the fucking women that you were there, man? smell the fucking used pussy. That's... I am surprised that we did not get, like, a, a visibly... on tit, yeah. I am, I'm shocked, because there were some fucking, like, real, real, like... I, I, don't, I should probably choose my words correctly, but there was less clothing on a lot of these women than Jacqueline wore when her tits popped out. At like fully loaded ninety eight, yeah, I in can, that red fucking I can get behind Bastion that, yeah. booger outfit, <laughs> Bastion booger outfit. <laughs> now, I was just gonna say, let me paint you a picture, but Travis just painted uh, all the pictures you need. But let me paint the picture. So, as we said, the ring is elevated on this platform that is at least four, three and a half, four feet high. Uh, beyond that is literal dirt. And then Ray hits a springboard plancha onto Ultimo, sending them both crashing into the dirt and gravel. Yeah, because Ray hit a springboard drop kick to the back of Ultimo, and he and spilled he, yeah. out. There's not enough room of padding, so Ultimo spills right to the gravel. He, yeah. he essentially voids the padding yeah. outside the ring. And then, you know, if you do a fucking dive onto the padding, you're going to... You saw what Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko did. Yeah. That oh. ugly, ugly dive. Yeah. I mean, Ultimo Dragon did a good one, though, later on in this match. He did, yes. And um, the way that they did the dive to the dirt, it looked like neither guy got hurt. Oh, yeah. No, they, they were safe. But for that's sure. still, this is a fucking. This is supposed to be the number one company in wrestling. As of right now, yeah. They've turned that page to You're be. You're wrestling the on one. dirt. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're wrestling on dirt in front of 5,000 people on bikes. ECW is fucking garbage wrestling to these guys, and they do it better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure at times they didn't, but... <laughs> they weren't wrestling on dirt. <laughs> Never, I don't think. That's like some IWA Mid-South no, shit. CZW shit in fucking DJ Hyde's mother's backyard. Exactly. That's what that is. You know... Uh, but Ray, he hits a diving hurricane rana, and the fans, they're finally sold on this match after seeing that diving hurricane rana. Dragon then hits a slingshot plancha onto the platform. Uh, back in the ring, Ray goes for a top rope Frankensteiner, but Dragon holds on. Ray then springboards up for another try and applies a 69 pin and gets the win. Did you notice Ultimate Dragon doing the tiger fake kick to Ray? Uh, the 619. I didn't. Yeah, so at one point, Ray's on the outside, and Ultimate Dragon pulls off a Tiger fake kick. Fair enough. I, I, I it, Just looking back at it, what, 23, 22 years later, and seeing that that is Ray's fucking move. That's not bad. I didn't know that. It, it's like seeing uh, Ricochet do it to Ray if they were to have oh, a yeah. match, you know? I get you, yeah. I get you. It's the same kind of deal. Uh, Travis, there's talk among the booking committee that Psychosis has more potential for the U.S. market than Mysterio. Now, can you give me one reason as to why they would think this? I have no idea, man. Mysterio's size, essentially. Uh, What, Psychosis is like two inches taller? Yeah, well, the hair, I guess. You know, hair makes him like four inches taller. (laughs) But uh, Is this like, um, oh, sorry. No, go for it, no. Is this like a whole Stephanie McMahon wanting to unmask Ultimo Dragon because he was a good-looking person? And, like, they saw Psychosis compared to Rey Mysterio, and they're like... Well, we can't unmask Psychosis until oh. 99, because he's ugly as fuck. We gotta hope he grows into that face. Eminem, or uh, Rey Mysterio looks like Eminem, so... <laughs> I mean, they might get confused. Yeah. Yeah, dies here blonde, we'll never know where he is. Uh, <laughs> he's forever saying, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Sit down, Ray. Sit down. Uh, but, uh, no, uh... The Ray's size is is really hindering at this point. They're not sold on his size. Uh, but Psychosis at this point in time is doing nothing but jobs. Like he hadn't won a match yet. He lost his first match against Ray, and then he had a yeah. yeah, and then he lost on th- uh, Nitro. Yeah, who did he wrestle on Nitro on that show? Uh, we watched it. I can't remember, but we watched it. Yeah, yeah, it was a good match. But, uh, but no, uh, Terry Taylor called uh, Psychosis. One of the greatest workers in wrestling history. Terry Taylor. <laughs> Terry, T- the Red Rooster. High praise. I mean, I've always been Rooster. a fan of Psychosis. Me too. And we're going to go see him wrestle on the 4th yes. of April. Yep, yep. I'm very excited about that with CWE His here 30th, in Grand Prairie. Psychosis's 30th anniversary yep. tour. He is one wrestler that I am entertaining the idea of getting a picture with. I hope that he's selling masks. I doubt he is, but I really hope he is. I oh, would buy one in man. a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. I would. I would. Uh, but Travis, this brings us to Mean Gene. He hypes the hotline, and then the announcers just talk about motorcycles until, until you know, Scott Norton, fire, makes his entrance. And then they would just, you know, talk about how big Scott Norton was, and then go back to motorcycles for the rest of the match. Could you imagine? They did not yeah. give two fun fucks about oh, this match. Uh, a special challenge match, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> man, could you imagine if this was in modern day? They could, like... On the nameplates, they could have, like, fire emoji Scott Norton, ice emoji ice train. <laughs> Gross. Or, well, I mean, with Scott Norton, Enzo Amore's already done the poop emoji on his pants. They could just do a fire emoji. And, like, his, his slogan would be, like, 
my match is going to be fire tonight. Because, like, that's what the cool kids say now, right? Like, everyone's For fire. Sure. For sure. I don't want to think of Scott Norton in today. I, I just want to think of Scott Norton of old. But, uh. Oh, Travis. speaking of on that, uh, the Korea video and that oh, Scott Norton yeah, Scott story. Scott Norton story about uh, the getting Korea. Getting wiretapped? Getting wiretapped, yeah. Oh, it's a great story. Another reason to watch that video. It's actually, that's a reason for me to want to get Scott Norton's book, actually, just for that chapter alone. Yeah, definitely. I would like to read Scott Norton's book. But um, we get the first appearance of Ice, Tra- Ice Train's banger of a theme. Oh, fuck yes. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but you know what's not so good? This match. Ice train selling of that fucking arm. Oh, the arm breaker that um ended this match. Well, like just everything. The arm is all that Scott Norton worked on was that injured, taped up arm. Right. That's that's the only thing that he really touched. But as soon as it came time for offense for Ice Train, what would he do? Big power lifting moves, and it would not hesitate him a second. I think there's a reason why we never heard of Ice Train after 1996-97. It's like they tried... It's like it was really popular in 1995 to 1996 to find a big hoss African-American kind of have on your program that's fair because you got ahmed johnson and you know you got ice train and all that kind of stuff and i'm starting to question why i brought this up because i probably sound pretty uh although like didn't ecw have one too because everybody had one well they had curtis hughes curtis hughes that's who i'm thinking yeah of. yeah so like everybody had one and only one because <laughs> and, and not none of them could wrestle like no. none of them no no, even if you t- they take Stevie Ray. Like, it's almost like they were recruiting from college football leagues. Yeah, I mean, and then, well, that's that's mainly what wrestling was in the 80s and 90s, was just yeah. washed-up college football players that couldn't hack it no more, or CFL players talking to you, Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, but holy fuck. I, things have changed since Roman got back, though. Oh yeah, like that. I, oh, that's not a knock on like Roman Reigns in general because I don't, I don't think Roman Reigns is a bad wrestler. I think no. he's a really good wrestler. It's just his character is lackluster. Um, it's the whole thing that the, the fucking machine shoves it down your throat. Yeah, you know that's that's, that's basically what it is. Uh, but you know what? Let's let's leave this fucking match in in the literal dust because Norton. Like, he works the whole shoulder the whole match. Ice Train makes a tiny comeback, tries a clothesline with the bad arm, but gets caught and ends up in a Fujiwara armbar and gets the victory. Yeah, and he does this whole, like, he refuses to let go bit. Yeah. yeah. I thought that this was going to get, a, like, the, a reverse decision. Oh, yeah, I could have seen that because of the whole baby face of Ice Train. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought that that's where it was going, but no, we just get a promo from Ric Flair talking about Aaron Anderson. Yes, which, uh, you know. It's. I love to hear Ric Flair talk, and uh, this is the closest thing that we get to Ric Flair talking in the show. So let's uh, let's have a look. See, great music, by the way. It's like they kept the same Hogan, music in the 80s. Yeah. Nash, Hall, whoever. You hurt my best friend. Didn't matter whether I'm standing the sting and Luger. Through association, they could be in an ambulance with me 
they could be in my hand. If Arn Anderson's down, I'm there. I mean, Arn Anderson and I have been up and down this road for 15 years, man. We have bled, we have sweat, and we've cried. The emotion in this business is huge. It's hard. It's hard on you personally. I had decided in my own mind that Hogan and the New World Order and the Horsemen could coexist. But then they jumped on Arn Anderson. And it became a whole new awareness, a whole new ball game. This is our business. We stand top by getting involved. The other real friend in life is, is, is this company. This company is the best. I'll stand up for it. Fuck I'll fight boy. for it. It's on now. It's on the table. It's us. It's survival of the fittest. It doesn't matter whether I like Sting or Sting likes me or Luger. It's one company now trying to be taken over by another. If the New World Order wants to make their mark and to really score, you've got your opportunity now because the horsemen are involved. Two of us can't survive. Two companies can't survive. Go to bed with that thought tonight. So when Ric Flair turns off Ric Flair, like when he um, turns off the Ric Flair mode, he sounds like Vern Gagne. He's, the, he, uh, he's got that weird accent. I think uh, it like comes this. from the Carolinas. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's that little bit of, of the, the, the twang he's got there. But he sounds like really different there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he sounds like when you listen to Ric Flair on like the, uh, the 30 for 30 or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or, he, he sounds like old Ric Flair. He does. He does. He sounds like old man flair. Yeah. Uh, but the main reason why I wanted to play that promo was just uh, the foreshadow on the whole building of WCW versus NWO. You know what I mean? Because they're only really touching on it here now. It's not full-blown war on WCW until the end of the show, essentially, when when they hold the title and they, they, they spray paint it and bullshit like that. One question, though. Why didn't they ever spray paint the tag team titles? You know what I mean? Why didn't they ever spray paint the United States title? Why? Ooh, the tag titles at this point were really tiny. They they, they were. They were. But, like, still, you would spray paint the world title, but not any other title? Yeah, that's true. That's true. They they had their opportunity to do that, and it would have been good. Um, at the same time, it could have been expensive. Tough uh, to... This is true. To make a rep... Uh, to, do a duplicate of every single title you have. You, you don't need to, though, because you can always just, like, we sell stuff at work. You spray on stuff, and it'll take anything off. You know what I mean? So, like... Fair. It, 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 there's there's ways around it. It's not impossible to do. Hell, I used to mark up my LGM figures with red markers so that they bleed, and it would clean it off. So. Oh, man, yeah. I used to do that with my <laughs> yeah. jacks. Hillbilly Jim turned a full shade of red. Like, con- like it... It was always red because it got stuck. But, I mean, whatever, right? He was a bloody mess anyways. So, fuck him. But, uh, no, the the war on, on WCW is, is, is coming, and I just wanted to preface it with that with that promo. It's not a great promo, but it's just telling you where they're going in the in the time being. But next up is the, uh, what, what, did, what did they call it? Um, what kind of match is this? Because on cage match, it's loser smashes opponent's bike match. <laughs> which, um... Is it just a bike match? It technically is true, because the first person to get smashed is Medusa, and Sonny Ono 
smashes the bike and that was the loser like well, well Sonny Ono's representative lost the match and he smashed the Nobody first bike lost the match this that's the thing this okay. match was a fucking mess okay Tyler um so I might be hyperbolizing here I might be going out on a limb but I think out of all of the shit that I've watched in my entire <laughs> fandom of being a wrestling fan out of all the fucking bad shit that we have reviewed on this podcast yep. I think this was the worst thing I have ever watched in terms of a wrestling match with people that are capable of having a good wrestling match <laughs> That's very this true. was fucking bad it was it was it was really bad um the commentators didn't help it at all by constantly no. bringing up the weight of Bull Nakano. Uh, but props to Dusty for trying to shut it down every time it would happen. Could you imagine them doing that to Nia Jax and yeah, I mean Tamina it, and like they have done the announcers haven't done it, but they've done it in storyline. They've done it to Mickey James. Yeah, like Piggy who, James. That, There's that nothing Piggy. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it at all. Uh, and Bull Nakano at the same time. At this point, I would not consider her. Obese, no, fat, no, overweight. No, she's she's thick. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just, that's that's all it is. But this match ends without a finish. I'm not going to talk about the rest of the match because it's not worth talking about. Um, unless you have something that you really direly need to get it. I I do just want to touch on a couple things. They are commentary related. Yeah, did no, did you get it. the? Com- I didn't. I I don't know if I took anything from this match. Honestly. Okay, so I guess the disgusting thing that we are talking about it's. Not repulsive, but it's it has not aged well. No. Um, so Bobby Heenan it has not aged well. So it has that not aged Batman well. Batman voice. <laughs> um, Bobby Heenan questions Bull's weight, as we said, and he thinks that she's two hundred pounds. So he then says, "Well, a two hundred pound woman is like a four hundred pound man." <laughs> and Tony tries to turn this bad situation around, and Dusty does too, <laughs> and. At this point, because Dusty is trying to defend Bull. Bull, though, because you got Tony, he's just like, yep, yep, yep. He's just agreeing to everything Bobby says so he can just get away from it. And after Dusty gets in, Tony just says in, like, a defeated voice, I'm moderating between Dusty and Bobby Heenan. <laughs> just thinking, what? Am, why am I trying? Well, yeah, why? What have I got myself into? Why am I wearing what I'm wearing? And I just do have to touch on, as well, when Bull McConnell pulls out the... Oh, the racism in dude here. The nunchucks. <sighs> I do have this and on the And Dusty other freaking out. Like, She's it, got a nunchuck. It's She's like, got nunchucks. It's like the women's John. <laughs> it's like the bicycle bit. Like, yep. this is a classic this Dusty Rhodes bit. It is. It is. And that's all I got for this match. Fuck the rest of it. Bull Nakano, Medusa, both are good workers. I don't know how they couldn't have pulled off a good <laughs> five-minute match here. Yeah, this, all this was was five minutes even. Uh, but uh, Nakano thinks she's won, so Ono starts attacking Medusa's bike. This pisses Medusa off, and she starts attacking Bull's Honda. So, like, they had to even bring it, like, she's driving a Japanese bike. She didn't even drive the bike to the ring, because she can't drive the bike to the ring. They brought this up Sonny on... Ono brought the bike to the yes, ring. Yes, he did. Because he's Eric Bischoff's friend. They probably <laughs> they... ride bikes together. Of course. Of course they do. They even had it all painted up Oriental-like. Of course they did. Yeah. On, on Nitro, we watched that match with um, the Native American looking girl that was playing that was, off as Japanese yeah. from FMW. Yeah. 
and she was wrestling Medusa in uh, the Disney Studios. And she was awful. Bad. Yeah. Shit. And they were talking about the bike match on that show. Yep. And they were talking about, oh, well, what is, what's Bull going to ride? A Japanese bike to the ring? Yeah. I think they said a Kawasaki or something. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Like, awful. Wow. Yeah, but the finish was awkward, to say the least. Uh, they tried the finish once, but referee Andy or Randy Eller stopped his count at two. Neither woman could figure out why, so they hesitated. They then did the same spot again, and then a third time. And the ref didn't count to three. Third time's a charm, I guess. Because the whole point of this match was that he wasn't supposed to, he was supposed to count to three, but the kickout was supposed to happen, right? So every time he would just go one, two, and then just stop as nobody kicks out. So it just—it was awkward as fuck. Stupid. The match sucked. Everything about it was garbage. And not even to mention, too, Medusa playing Superman, kicking out at one every time Medusa got a pinfall. Yeah. I thought that that was poor taste yeah. as well. Everything about this match, everything around it, just, um, I think it's repressive. Like we we, we it's regressive and repressive. It's not as bad though as Sasha Banks and Bailey trying whatever they were trying to do on Peyton Royce. Oh, but everyone loves the iconic Tyler. <laughs> they can't do anything wrong. They suck at wrestling, but they can't do anything wrong. Nope. You know, the White Knights are there for them. Not their fault. They suck at everything. No, no. <laughs> yeah, Dave Meltzer. Fuck him, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. Fuck him for not liking fake tits. <laughs> 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 he he sees through it like what the fuck he just says things in poor ways yeah yeah but uh this brings us to a sweet sweet CompuServe bit where mm. the Steiners are in quotations chatting with fans online well Scott is anyways but uh you can hear what Rick is about to do members of CompuServe you can log on to your computer log on to CompuServe and type go convention to chat with the Steiners that's Rick what are they doing they're not air traffic controllers but you can take care they're having a good time right now of course they are their hats on backwards so CompuServe the official online service of the world championship wrestling you know what he's playing he's playing one of them games Playing one of them games. Yeah, because Dusty probably bought Cody Zelda and he thinks that's probably on a laptop right now. <laughs> Fucking dope. <laughs> Hyrule, baby. Hyrule. <laughs> I'm going to name my next big heel Gandalf. Tony. Tony, baby. Tony. Have you ever been to Hyrule, baby? Cody tells me it's nice down to this time of year. Let's go to Kikatoro Forest, eh? <laughs> what is he, fucking Cheeks and John? Let's go to Kikatoro Forest, eh? Shut up. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, I don't uh, have a good, dusty impression. Oh, buddy. This, uh, this brings us to, to probably the best match of the night. The longest match of the night, definitely. 26 minutes. Goes into double overtime. Chris Benoit taking on the Iceman, Dean Malenko. So, yeah, this match, I mean, what do you say about this match? This match was great. Everything about it was great. I have a lot of issues with it. Oh. Yeah. Well, tell me. I'm at the end of it anyway. Okay, right? that's fair. Um, 
First time I ever saw this match, though, would have been that uh, Chris Benoit tribute Raw from 2007. Oh, really? Yeah. I uh, didn't know this was one of the matches on that. Yeah, yeah, because I remembered um, the fact that it was outdoors. Oh, like, yeah. Just so strange to watch that. Um, Miss Elizabeth? <sighs> Man. Fine form tonight. Fine Man, I'm form. telling you, she's always hot as fuck. She is. Goddamn. Goddamn is right. It, Fucking Lex. It's God definitely the <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely the best match on the show. And they worked hard. You could tell that like the two they guys too hard for this crowd. They're meant to work together. Yep. They they work so good together. Yep. It's unreal. Um they really get put over too. Bobby Heenan is really putting over Benoit Malenko. Benoit's in the fucking horseman, and Malenko's not far behind him. Like, he's talking about how, like, the wrestlers of the 90s, like, these guys here are more well-conditioned and better than the wrestlers yep. 10 years ago. He was, he was saying 10 years ago this match would have been over five minutes ago, but the condition of these guys have made these matches so much longer and more, more, more competitive. And he's like, Malenko's like the man of 3,000 holds because he's that good. Yeah. And then he goes down to 2,500 and Dusty yeah. calls him out on it. And Bobby's like, well, no, he's the man of 4,000 holds. <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh, Heenan was really good tonight, yeah. except for the Bolnacano match. Yeah. Otherwise, Heenan had a lot of good stuff because he's playing to a perfect heel situation. Yeah. Where he is above everyone here. Yes. He's he's going to side with the NWO, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, uh, there's some great work in this match from, you know, beautiful picture-perfect superplexes by Benoit to... An awe-inspiring release German suplex by Malenko. The Canadian Crippler Crab. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call it? That's what Heenan calls it. Is that what he calls it? That good lion tamer that he did? Yeah, well, that's what I had it down as, basically a lion tamer. And, and um, what is it? Um, he does it, and he's like, it's like a Boston Crab. Not quite. It's Canadian Crippler Crab. And then Tony's like... Canadian Crippler Crab. <laughs> That's what I said. A, he just like kind of shrugs his head a little bit. Because huh. at this point in time is when they say like, or I think it was uh, Dusty says, I wish Mike Tanay was there, there to actually tell us what this is. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 there's so much great stuff oh, in this movie. Tombstones in, in this match. and headbutts. Yep. Uh, per, picture perfect suplexes. Um, I can tell you what I had a problem with in this match. Um, the the time limit. I did not like the overtimes. No, I thought that was um, I, there was I, a lot of stalling. You know, yeah. Um, lack there was a lack of urgency when it came to the end of these time limits. It's almost like you knew, okay, well, obviously they're going to get an overtime because all they're doing are a bunch of near falls. Yeah. There's no moves being made. It's a lot of slow paced near falls. Um. And at that point, you know, like they hit one big move and then they'll do the missed time pin before the three before they yeah. finish the time limit. I will say, though, those missed time pins were perfect. They were. They were so yeah. well put together and put in there to the point where they, they hit their mark every single time. Um, I the, the overtimes, I'm not a fan of doing overtime and wrestling at all. You I would have I mean? just preferred a match. Give it um, a 30-minute time limit. Yeah. 30 minutes is over. The five-minute overtime. Yeah, or just fucking finish the match in 26 minutes. For God's sakes, yes. It's not that big of a deal, because guess what? The crowd was not having it either, so... 
Because as soon as the ref announced the second overtime, that crowd went insane. Yeah. Like, they booed the shit out of it. Like, they were done. They wanted nothing else to do with this match. Because it's like, okay, we're going to get the same thing over again. And well, not to mention, they don't know who the fuck these people are anyways. No. Because these people didn't pay to be there. Yeah. Right? But they are busting their ass. That's a shame because... I will go out on a limb and say this is the best match we've seen in this timeline. Benoit's hit his head so much in this match. Mm. Like, to the point where you have that thing in the back of your head and you're like, I understand. <laughs> I understand what happened. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it makes so much sense. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get you there. Not to be macabre. Uh, yeah. But, uh, um, I think we will look back on this timeline, though, and think of this match probably as the best one. Yeah, um, this one and the six man from the last WWF show. Oh, okay, yeah. are my two favorite matches. That's fair. That's that we've fair. seen. This, I, 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 I can get you there. For me, it's this match and Ray and Dean. That's my two. Yeah, the Ray and Dean match was really good. Yeah, that's, that was. That's those are my two favorite matches. It was better me. on Nitro though. I've, 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 I've heard that. I was reading it in the Observer that they had a better match Didn't on we Nitro. Watch it? Where, where he won the cruiserweight oh, title? Oh, we did watch that match. Yeah, that no, was a good match. That match was great. Where he landed on the concrete? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he died. <laughs> <laughs> Just splat. Mysterio's dead in 96. Um, There were more good commentary bits, too. Um, like Heenan selling the fact that they're out in the hot sun. This is going to play a factor on fatigue, especially when they're wrestling uh, a 30-minute match. Oh, yeah. Um, Dusty Rhodes talking about the sea of heads. <laughs> Oh, man. And they did not let that one go. Like, Tony Schiavone's like, yeah, Dusty, look at all the sea of heads out there. <laughs> it's like, okay, every single wrestling show is a sea of heads. That's true. But this time you're going to mention that it's a sea of heads out there when it's like, fucking, it looks like 200 people's there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's funny you, you mentioned commentary because, you know, Travis... Sometimes commentators just make me want to hang, shake, or bash your head. Sometimes you just laugh. But by God, this is the art of commentary. It's Sturgis. Sturgis. What did I say? Sturgis. 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 South Dakota. Are we moved to a different town? No. Well, yeah. He did have trouble saying Conan also. Who did he do? You. Yeah, Oh, here we go. Don't bet against the giant. Everybody talking Hulk Hogan. I made the scenario and the soliloquy about him being, uh, uh, Hogan being such, uh, uh, been there before man. Well, the giant said, how dare you? And the bottom line is, we're going to find out how dare you tonight in Hulk Rock. What has she got in her hand? I don't know, but certainly it'll come into play in this one. Oh, there you already. She got a dumb jump. She got a dumb jump. Into the midsection. Boom, hit him with a dumb jump. With what? A dumb jump. A dumb jump. Don't you understand? A dumb jump. What's that? <laughs> and things on the, on, the, on the chain. Things on the chain. That, that, that we, Bruce Lee beat up people with. Oh. And, there and, you see some of the, the raceway here, Sturgis. And the hot air balloon, but as we promised... That ain't the raceway, that's the track at the high school. <laughs> not there. You know what I mean? Still? I haven't seen anything that said Huffy, Schwinn. Nothing. You got the wrong bicycle show. You know what I mean? You got the wrong bicycle show. Get you got the wrong Nobody's show. got the pants rolled up to the pants don't get caught in the chain guard. I don't understand this. You roll your pants up, you might get a muffler. No, a muffler goes around your neck. Ha <laughs> ha! Sturgis! Woo! Give it up, baby! 
that was a good article. <laughs> my favorite ones were always the WCW ones because Dusty and Bobby are two of my favorite people in the world. Amazing, amazing God chemistry. Love, God love last week's or last episode's one with Jake Roberts and and Jerry Lawler. That one is my favorite thing in the world, but. I do hold a special place in my heart for Dusty and 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 Bobby, you know. You know, alcoholic jokes aside, <laughs> that was like like we talked bad about the Bull and the Connell bit. We didn't talk half as bad about Jerry Lawler bringing up how much of a wreck Jake Roberts is. That was rough. Was. That was rough because the he was probably. It was something that probably hit home for him. Like, oh, yeah. Bad. Oh, without you know. a doubt. Without a doubt. Now, Travis, do you want to hear a little uh, story about the tag team titles before we get into Rampant Racism? Featuring <laughs> Booker T Part 2? Yeah. Okay, so uh, the WCW tag titles changed hands twice over the uh, last weekend in July. In Cincinnati, it was originally scheduled as a non-title match. Does this sound familiar? From the NWA days. Rick and Scott Steiner beat Harlem Heat, you know, in a non-title match. Uh, And uh, they win the title. Uh, Steiner's then continued to beat uh, the Heat all weekend until the final show on the 27th in Dayton, where the Heat regained the belts, where Stevie Ray hit Rick over the head with the title belt, leading to the pin. So. Not to play uh, devil's advocate, but do you think WCW at this point had the ability to be like mid-match you know Steiners are really over maybe we could give them the title it's a house show though I know I know you know what I mean especially to have them lose it before the house show loop is done it just makes us why you know what I mean like sure the fans are seeing the title change but when they go back to see it on Nitro it's like oh Booker T and them have the titles again. They're not going to talk this about it. This would mean it. nothing, yeah. It means absolutely nothing. That's true. That's so true. Like, it's, 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 it's just just pointless. But, uh, yeah. But that happened this, in uh, 89 to 92. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That's why I wanted to bring With, it up. Because uh, what this, was it? The Midnights and... Um, the rock, the rock and Roll. And roll. Maybe, maybe it, it wasn't the Rock and Roll. What was the other team that was trading the titles with them? Mm, um... Man, I can't remember. It was I so can't remember. It, it was. It was a year ago, right? God forbid we can't remember what happened a year ago. But uh, on the on the podcast, yeah, <laughs> can't remember something that happened a year ago that we reviewed that took place about twenty eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, this crowd gets one look at Harlem Heat, and and they decide we don't like you guys. Well, they are playing thugs. <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> They never even gave him a chance to be thuggish. <laughs> oh, but Booker, Booker rode that train. He he capitalized oh, yeah. on that entire thing. Yeah, and I think he saw a chance that okay, they hate we're, us. We're gonna get some heat. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking rile them up. They're heels anyways, yep. right? So that's that's a plus. And Sherry, man, was she ever the catty bitch oh, yeah. ringside tonight? Break his neck. <laughs> Fucking break his neck. Like, just scathing. It was good, but you compare it to the match beforehand where Nancy, or woman, was ringside being like, Chris! But she, she's head over heels better than Miss Elizabeth. 
Yeah, at mis- least Nancy was trying to. Miss Elizabeth be seen. is like the first ever woman to be just eye candy. Yeah, she's just there for looks. That's it. Yeah. She's not there to Pure root on her guy. Just for looks. Yep. No. She's got those big fucking adorable eyes, and that's all you need, man. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. But uh, the Steiners, they get this crowd fucking hot, though. You know, they, you, you take the, the the racism aside. The Steiners, though, are the first people this crowd has probably recognized. Because the Steiners are going back to 89. This like, crowd goes louder for the Steiners yeah. than they do for most things on the show. Yep. Until probably Hogan. Yeah. Maybe Hall and Nash. They were pretty hot for Hall, Nash, Stan, Luger. Because that's four guys that they all know. Yeah. But uh, but when it comes to the Steiners and how much the Steiners or how little the Steiners had to do to get this crowd going, it's unreal. And the Steiners have been around for a long time. At this point in time, Scott's been around since 88, right? And Rick's been around since like 86, it, yeah. 85. Yeah, and so it's not so, new. Yeah, if you have been a a mid mid Atlantic WCW NWA fan. You you, you know the Steiners. You know the Steiners. It's one of those yeah. guys that are fucking born and bred. They've also been the WWF. Exactly. So exactly. They've been well traveled. Yeah. And um yeah, this match was not good. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh these these Hall of Famers here, Harlem Heat, they uh yeah. They did not put on a clinic, that's for sure. But nope. um, 17, 18 minutes, really, of nothing. I was really bored. Yeah, for this. I agree. I don't have a lot of notes because, I mean, why why do why do we want to talk about a match that was this fucking boring when we just had Malenko Benoit? It, 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 it definitely was hurt from his placement behind Malenko and Benoit. But then again, this match would still have been boring if you opened the show with it. Maybe, maybe this should have been the show opener, but I don't know. I think that they could have gotten away with a cruiserweight title match. Yeah, well, later on down the card, they they could have. But I mean, WCW had had a not at this point in time, but cruiserweights would be the tried and true opener all the time. It's to get the crowd hot. I yeah. understand that mentality, but at this point, you are watching. Um, a couple really good matches at the beginning. Yeah. And then as the card draws closer to the end, the matches get worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And. Sorry. Let's see. Now, the the first match, great. Second match, garbage. Third match, garbage. Fourth match, great. Uh, Fifth match, garbage. Sixth match, okay. Uh, uh, Seventh match, garbage. Eighth match, garbage. So like you've got three decent matches out of this whole card. Nothing in the middle. It's just it's either good or it's bad. So I don't know. It, it's but Bash at the Beach was a good show. Yeah, all in all. Yeah, Great American Bash, good show all in all. Yeah, this this show here, good for other reasons. But I understand the hate that these Sturgis shows get. Oh yeah, when those bikes would rev, I just wanted to throw my remote. And this at TV. match was the highlight of it. Yeah, like holy fuck, man! I thought. Had had this match had the, I never have had any context to whatever happened around this, I could have been like kind of scared that this would have been a riot. Like, yeah, so, like yeah. some fans would have like came at book. It's it, you know in the back like it's it's, it's got it's, that Puerto Rico vibe to it where they it, just actually hate him. Yeah, like, they want 
to fight him. Some yeah. of the fans were like, yeah, you want to fucking bring it? You fucking come back. I'll fucking run you over my bike, motherfucker. I was waiting for one of the crowd members to be spotted and for one of them to mouth that word that we should not mention. Yeah. It didn't happen, thankfully, but... Well, let's, let's let's get into the the finish of this match, and you know they 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 show their their colors again. Uh, Rob Parker he went to throw powder in Scott's eyes, but it went into Booker's eyes instead. Sherry then throws some powder in Scott's eyes, and then Parker hits him with a cane. Great cane shot, great fucking cane shot. The whole thing cracks in two. It's dead center to frame. It was amazing, and uh, Booker then pins him, and the crowd peppers the ring of garbage. Yep, yep. They did not N- want to see NWO these young African Americans win. They did not want that at all, and it's fucking disgusting. Like heels aside, you could just tell from the way they're doing this that it's it's not because they're bad guys. It's because of let's racism. go with a modern word here. Um, there wasn't much inclusion in this crowd. There you go. There you go. You know, you want to talk about a lot of companies being all-inclusive and stuff nowadays. Yeah, there was there was one color in this crowd. Yeah, there was there was yeah, wasn't an all-inclusive crowd. No. That's for sure. No. Um, my highlight of this match is Sherry losing her shit, and then Rick Steiner saying, "Shut up, bitch." My favorite part of this match. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Oh man, he said it. He fucking said <laughs> Like, I was in and out of this He was match. in a rear chin lock with, I think, Booker. And I think Sherry was yelling at Rick. And he just, no hesitation, bite that back. Shut up, bitch. I wish I had a sound clip of that. That would be awesome. But we don't. And that match is over. So uh, let's go for a odd match to have uh, the WCW United States heavyweight title match between Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero which has already happened really on a nitro yeah yeah not 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 recently it's happened a couple months ago oh okay fair enough but this match is much better than the one that happened on nitro that's fair. That's fair. Kento uh, Bento is the name of the YouTube clip, by the way. Kento Bento? Kento Bento, because okay. I got it written here as well in my notes. For the Ric Flair. <laughs> For the Ric Flair bit, yeah. Yeah, you bet. Um, Eddie Guerrero he has not had a good showing. Not really. On our no. pay-per-views. No. And it's Waiting to the for point Halloween where Halloween Havoc of next year, really. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I'm sure he has some good matches. I'm sure he does. Uh, six and Eddie Guerrero. The latter match is sold out. Oh, it's a good match. Yes. It's the only good match on the yeah, show. Yeah, the rest of it's garbage. Um, I just remember wanting to see that so bad, and then when I seen it, it's like, oh, gross, bad show. Because like it was years. Like I went, I heard about it for years. Was always in NWO Mark as a kid, and then I watched this show in my twenties, and it was like, wow. I was young enough to uh, watch this show uh, sold out. Yeah. Uh, to probably be the kind of kid that would been like a fan of it no matter how bad the wrestling was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't even stand it. I think I was probably 14, and I watched it, and I fucking hated it. Yeah. It's not a good show. No. Um, In this match, though, it's not like the whole Malenko and Benoit thing. They downplay Eddie a lot. Like, they say Eddie doesn't have a chance at winning this. They don't give Eddie any credit at all. No, they don't. They don't. But at the same time, he's taking on Ric Flair. The biggest star in WCW history. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and you could tell from his entrance, like, this crowd, they knew Ric Flair. 
and they were all about Ric Flair, and they did not give a shit that Eddie was Mexican or of Mexican heritage. Eddie doesn't look Mexican. Not really. No, he looks like he's, he looks like a. I've always thought he looked like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's who to me is with like, the mullet. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, with the mullet and the mustache. If only yeah. he was a little more dirtier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Good, on, <laughs> yeah, good comparison actually. <laughs> Fuck, wow. Um, Tony calls this the most important match in Eddie's career, which um, it is probably. Yeah, it, I would say so. Now I will say probably he had him. What was he had a match at uh, when worlds collide? Right, Eddie? um, him and Art Bar or something. Yeah, him and Arbar had a match against the tag team. I don't know who it was, but it was the hair match, right? Oh, okay. okay. I think it was because Arbar went bald. Mm. I think mm. Eddie got went down to a buzz. And okay. Yeah, that's a good show. I, I, I really want to watch that show because I can't remember much. I remember uh, the Ray match. He was in a fucking big tag. Yeah. The Eddie and Arbar match. Arbar, underrated wrestling. Underrated. I mean... Say what you will about a sexual preference. I don't I don't know anything about the guy other than that he was teamed with Eddie and he died. I'm pretty sure that uh he was picked up for um um not rape, but uh sexual conduct with a minor, like a fourteen year old girl. Well, they call him a love machine, right? Yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> Machines I mean, don't stop. <laughs> machines don't stop. He's like the Energizer Bunny, man. You can't tell the Energizer Bunny to stop. That's just not a fucking thing. Until his battery goes out. Yeah. You, <laughs> you couldn't replace Arpar's battery. It's true. His battery, I believe, did die once. I watched it on like some kind of commercial where his battery died, but he came back to life. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> one thing I noticed with this match is I looked at my phone for one second, and then when I looked up again, it was visibly darker. <laughs> like, like the sun set beyond those hills it's almost, so fast. It's almost like a, a certain camera angle would produce a visualization of nighttime, and then the yeah. other one would be like... Dusk. Oh, yeah, yeah the yeah. sun setting, and then, what the fuck? <laughs> Where did the sun go? Is this edited? <laughs> and for fuck's sakes, all you could hear is that helicopter revving up oh. with the bird's eye view cam that you see once. Yeah, for the racetrack, a.k.a. Like, for fuck's sake. Fucking track Unnecessary. Yeah. Because for once in this show, I felt like there was no revving of the motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they were like, okay, it's Ric Flair. We finally know somebody. Yeah. And they had that this goddamn helicopter. Yeah. I mean, uh, I did not like the helicopter at all. I did not. The... The the noise that it constantly made when they went to the helicopter, it's not like they would silence the noise of the helicopter. It would still just be fucking just chop, 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 along with the bump, 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 bump of the fucking motorcycle. This is a hell of a show to try to get audio clips for because there's always something in the way. But man, fuck. Uh, do you have anything else about this match, though, to uh, get into before I get into the finish? Oh, um... No, not really. Like, I thought that, you know, they gave Eddie a nice chance against Flair, you know, where Flair would do his usual spots, like flipping over the turnbuckle and going up onto the apron. And Eddie, I guess you could say he knew what was going to happen. So he would initially just immediately go and 
take Flair off the apron. Flair did a lot of stalling. I just thought it, they made Eddie look good in this match. Yeah, yeah, in that way of having Flair do his you know, his usual heel antics, it, it it makes any any young guy look like he's some kind of threat if Ric Flair is backing away from him. But Eddie has no chance at this point because no. he's got no no character, no character his, he whatsoever. He hasn't tapped into that charisma that he no fucking unleashes at a very untimely point. But you know, <laughs> takes him a few years. Uh, white meat babyface Eddie Guerrero is not my thing. No, it really isn't. No, no. Uh, I will, I will leave that as it be. Uh, but no, let's. Uh, nope. Mean Gene is in the back. I'm getting. Well, word. we should probably get into the finish. Oh right, yeah. Duh. Right. Guerrero. He hits a frog splash, but he soles it as if his knee has gone out. He it's like when he got crotched on Conan's dome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's, a deep it's like, why are you not going for the pin right now, Eddie? Like, come on. <laughs> just fucking muster it up. You're about to fucking win the title from Ric Flair. So what your dick hurts, man. Fuck. Uh, but uh, Flair takes this time to put on a figure four. And then uh, women held on to him for added leverage before Guerrero passed out from the pain. At yeah. least he didn't, you know, tap out or quit. You know what I mean? The thing I did like about the finish, though, is that hurt his knee. Ric Flair, like... Saw yeah, that he's, opportunity he's like an and he went for the figure four. Yeah. Perfect. It it basically puts in perspective the, the character of who Ric Flair is and, and how he got to this prominence. You know what I mean? Oh, the uh, most absolute best ring presence. Oh, yeah. Ring awareness. Like, yep. Ric Flair is the best at yep. it. But even in a kayfabe way, though, you know what I mean? Like, that's something that a true technician would pick up on it's like oh his knees hurt let me get into that well that's what i mean like yeah. I, I feel like limb damage and working a limb is one of the most simple but effective and it could hinder you in a lot of ways it can but i feel like if, if you're you, seth rollins and you get your knee worked on all the time and you still run around like you there's nothing stopping you buddy oh well that's just the strong style thing now yeah yeah it's you your know, fighting spirit it's all about all the moves you can do yeah, I mean, the, the North America has ruined fighting spirit for me in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I don't know, there's certain times where, like, people will really like a wrestler because they're really good, but it's just like, all I'm seeing are moves. Yeah, there's and, nothing in between. You know, it's not like, I, I like Young Bucks and Will Ospreay and that kind of shit, but they... They do more than just flashy moves now. Will Ospreay has put a lot of story into his, his his matches now. So does the Young Bucks. That's like when we first started watching Kenny Omega. I didn't like him. No, yeah. I remember we watched that uh, GFW against, uh, Wrestle Kingdom live. Yeah, against uh, 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 Funky Weapon. Yeah. Bruce yeah. Kisuguchi. Yeah. And, and I was not a fan of that at all. I thought he was too over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as he became a... At the tail end of that junior title, and going into the Intercontinental title was a completely different beast. Right? Was, there was there was more story into the matches, and now he's my fucking favorite wrestler. He's, he's the one wrestler that I can easily say I see every match he has. Every, yeah. you know what I mean. It's, it's one of them. Um, Okada being another one. I don't unless it's like against Bad Luck Fale. I don't give a fuck about that. But I'm not going to watch a Kenny Omega match against Bad Luck Fale either. No, no. You you can pick and choose. You know when they're not going to give it their yeah, their chin, their Kenny Omega best. wears the pink pants. You know it's gonna you be a, turn a that comedy match, match or yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Usually doesn't take his shirt off, but I mean, 
Same thing with Naito. Naito, when he doesn't take his shirt off and he keeps his hat on, you know he's doing nothing. Yeah. Right, so. <laughs> Japan really uh, puts it out there. They're just like, yeah. yeah. They've given up tonight. Don't worry. They'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> but I'm, but I, uh, you know, Mean Gene is patiently waiting in the back. He's there with Jimmy Hart and the, the Giants. So let's see what he has to say. We talk about the sunset, but some say the sun may be setting on world championship wrestling More because of the new the world war. order, Jimmy. Hogan, tonight's a John step for you. Don't trip and fall because nobody's going to be there to pick you up. Giant, we talked about this earlier in the live show on TBS. You're going to be facing Hulk Hogan. Here's the man that you idolize. What is going through your mind as we speak at this hour? What's going through my mind right now is a long history of betrayal. When I was a kid, I was by far the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world. And I saw your true colors way before the rest of the world did. When you came out on Nitro and you told the kids and the fans of the world to stick it, you reminded me of the pain you caused me. Well, believe me, Hogan, tonight in Sturgis, I'm going to be the one to stick it. I'm going to stick my hand right around your neck. I'm going to squeeze it till your eyes pop. And I'm going to drive your neck right through the ring. Hogan! Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Tonight, I lay the holster to rest. Oh! Well, that is setting the scene for the big Final promo collision. As for, you know, the NWO, the yeah. New World now, Order, I, is very I, prominent here tonight. We're going to be seeing like the outsiders in a moment as they face Lex and Sting. Especially the and the big title defense it. for the Giant as he defends the story against hasn't Hulk Hogan. Yet. It is a very special evening, a very special <laughs> event, one of the greatest I could ever recall in World Championship Wrestling why. history. With that, make sure that let's you get you back to the Eugene ring and the lensman. <laughs> so, um, this promo. Um, at Halloween Havoc 1995, Babyface Hogan, who I guess was Giant's hero... Pushed him off of a building yeah. and presumably killed him. And that's not where he lost his respect for that's, him. No, no. He he still did not understand that Hogan was a piece of shit. Yeah. And as as a kid growing up, Andre the Giant's kid. Right? He was Andre the Giant's son. He immortalized Andre the Giant's biggest enemy in the 80s. Really? There's a lot of holes <laughs> in the things that WCW have planted. And it just shows you that they, I think they're starting to realize, wow, this whole Andre the Giant story was fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I didn't like it at all. Uh, But this brings us to uh, Lex Luger and Sting taking on the Outsiders, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Uh, Gene Okerlund uh, did a hotline tease saying that he would reveal the fourth member of the NWO, which... That's obviously WCW's new gimmick now. Everything's about who will be the fourth member because they talk about there's going to be a fourth member. They talk about it like the day after Bash of the Beach. Yeah. They are they don't even let it rest. No, they don't let it sit in. It's just like, oh well, there probably are like fucking five or six other people that are joining the NWO in that limo that they're <laughs> chilling in outside, and it's like just let it stew that you've got these three gigantic gigantic stars yeah right now together yeah that's a stable yeah like this is huge you don't need other members let the war against wcw 
start before you start adding more members. You know, yeah. let people think WCW has the numbers game, then have the NWO take a couple of those numbers, have them turn on them, and boom, we're the NWO. It's going really fast. Yeah, it does. It goes. It goes way too fast, honestly. And you can actually see, like why WCW was such a, like, a burnout of a company. Yeah. How it just fizzled out there so was, quick. There was never any any reins or or a a conclusive head on top of it. You know what I mean? To, to tie up all the loose ends, to make sure everything was done properly. That wasn't done. Because the NWO storyline should have ended. Like it should have conclusively ended at the uh, at the starcade of the year uh, next year when Sting beats Sting beating Hogan should have been yeah. the end of it. I if I if I were to like okay I'm gonna take a like a minute out of this to just fantasy book <laughs> like after starcade Sting wins you have Sting hold that title for a couple months and then somehow the NWO takes it over again but the NWO is starting to break apart you know mm-hmm. and. Then, you know, maybe like Fall Brawl 98, you do the War Games match. The five best WCW versus the remaining like five NWO members yeah. out of like the 18 that were in there at that point. And, you know, it's if WCW wins, then the NWO has to break up once and for all. If yeah. the NWO wins, then I don't I don't know. They fucking they, they get they, part they ownership own. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that's how it should have ended. Like, somehow, like, a conclusive, definitive ending. And this shit goes on until 2000. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a story. It, it's not a storyline. It just turns into another being of itself. Yeah. Yeah, the NWO just becomes a, fa- a faction, not a, like they put it here, a company. Exactly. That ultimately, we would find out as bankrolled by Ted DiBiase. Right? So. Who I think is the official fourth member. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, the uh, fourth member was scheduled to debut on this card, and it was uh, Sean Waltman, a.k.a. Sixpock, one, two, three, kid. However, Titan Sports had yet to send him his legal contractual release after agreeing to do so. So with the belief that they were simply just screwing with WCW. So Waltman was at the show and was ready to do whatever WCW wanted him to do, but they would not allow him to go on the show without his release due to all the 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 lawsuits that are circulating around in, in between these two companies. And it's just obvious that WWE just did not want Sean Walton to show up that show. They just wanted to, to buy time. Yeah, because they were doing so much with the kid. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know? so much with him. That's we haven't a threat even right seen there. him. I haven't even seen him. And to think he's been with the company this entire time. Uh, at least I think so. Maybe he was injured. Who the fuck knows? He could have been injured. He could, his contract could have been up a couple months ago. Who knows? But uh, they just didn't uh, send it to him. So, fuck. And really, that's about all the exciting stuff about this match, really, is all the stuff surrounding it. Not the match itself. Like, like Nash with that, like, running big boot into the corner. Like, how fucking god-awful was that? He missed it completely. Yeah. It's like he just crotched thing in the chest. Yeah, he was just like, I'm going to rub my dick on this fucking rope now, and you guys are all going to pay $69.99 to watch it. Okay, it's 1996, and the most exciting spot about this match was Sting failing to body slam Nash, and then he finally body slammed Nash. That was the most exciting part about this match. Yeah, pretty much. When Sting fell uh, face first into Nash's crotch when he did the the flare bomb, yep. and then Tony yelled, "Yeah, do it again, do it again, suck his dick." That's all. That's all I got for this match. <laughs> 
I, that's it. Yeah. So Luger uh, did a good hot tag comeback. Yeah. Yeah. The crowd and the crowd was hot for this match. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was going to say, this probably should have been with uh, what the fuck WCW, but uh, the hotline tease of uh, Gene Oakland having uh, a scoop on the fourth member of the NWO uh, was never speculated on the hotline. So <laughs> you call the hotline to find out who this was. And they didn't touch on it. They didn't touch on it. So like you would just listen and listen and listen and rack up your mother's credit card and never find out who it was. I've always heard that about the WCW hotline. Yeah. How it was a ripoff. Yeah. No wonder like those hotlines went out of business and like nobody would ever let you call a hotline. Because it's it's, it's a complete ripoff and it's crazy how they were ever allowed to even keep on doing that bullshit. Oh man. Like <clears throat> the um the adult hotlines too. Oh. Like how how that was a thing? Yeah. Like fuck man. Like oh, hotlines in general. It is like a an easy money making scheme. Yeah. And that that's all it is. It's there's no honesty in it. It's just a pure carny effort. Yeah. Pretty much. You know. Pretty much. And Thank wrestling had to fucking latch onto it. Of course. Anything Carney was wrestling, buddy. Anything Carney has wrestling right in the back mirror. But Sting has Nash in a scorpion deathlock on the floor, while Luger has Hall up in a torture rack. Hall's legs knock down Nick Patrick, who clumsily falls, clipping Luger's knee and sending him crashing to the mat. Hall falls on top of him, while Patrick hits the fast count. That's another illusion as to somebody joining the NWO. This was my foreshadow that I mentioned earlier. Nick Patrick is... uh, The NWO ref. Yeah, he's the evil ref. Yeah. Um, A good visual was made out of Luger torture racking Hall Mm -hmm. and Sting. I like that. That That was a good visual. It did look good. The hard camera bit, that was nice because... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I... there was something about that visual that was really effective. Yeah, I and agree. it made WCW look really good. Yeah, they 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 were able to capitalize on it as well as you know. For a lot of it, people were in the right place at the right time. Like with the Ron uh, or the Colonel Parker Kane shot, it was a great great you know visual. This here as well. I mean, there was another one that I just can't think of right now that was in this show. But the, at least the camera work is good for WCW. Have you seen that video of the WWE cameraman? Oh, my yeah. good God. Just zooming Doing the in. squats, oh, going up and down. What a fucking chore, man. Just put that in the list of jobs I never want. Everyone hates the camera work of WWE. Mm-hmm. But when you see how much work the cameraman put into that, you got to <sighs> at least like be like, Respect. man... You're yep. doing a good job. I'm sorry that they're telling you to do such shitty camera angles. But you're doing okay. Yeah. You're putting your work yeah. in. Yeah. You're okay, buddy. <laughs> I don't hate you. I hate who you work for. Um but you know like we're 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 running long on this episode. Let's let's just dive right into the main event of the show. It's not like there's anything else to really even even touch on. Um, The WCW World Heavyweight Championship match between the Giant, who is the champion, against the newly crowned Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Or as Bruce Buffer... Or Michael... Michael? Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer would like to call it Mr. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Um, But now, I know how much you hate Bruce Buffer, 
but I have got to. Admit, I like Bruce Buffer. I don't like Michael sorry, Buffer. I know how much you hate Michael Buffer, but you've got to respect this call for Hulk Hogan. And I just want you to listen to it. it don't get any Ladies better. and gentlemen, coming to the ring first, wearing black instead of his customary and traditional yellow and red. And for years, he has been recognized as one of the most popular and charismatic figures in professional wrestling. But now, he's turned his back on it all. Turned his back on the WCW. He now represents and is the standard bearer of the new world order of professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the challenger and former heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'll give you credit on that one. That, that is a good call. I think if Michael Buffer has a real story to work with, then he can do a good call. Exactly. But he hasn't. No. This is the first time he has. Yeah. It's true. And this, honestly, though. Well, okay, last pay-per-view. He was on that one, too. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was okay, but still. Um, I, I did like, um, he's the standard bearer for the new world order of professional wrestling. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. That's a really good it's line. It's a really good line. Standard bearer of the new world order of professional the wrestling. The new world order of professional wrestling. That make that brings the new world order name into context yeah. for people that don't get that. Yeah. Because what the new world order is supposed to be. The new world order, Hollywood Hulk Hogan aside, is two new fresh names coming into WCW and wreaking havoc because they are the new era of wrestling, which they were at this point in time. They're part of the Hall new generation. And, yeah, Hall and Nash are the new era generation coming into a company that's Macho Man, Ric Flair, Sting, Hulk Hogan, all guys that were prominent 10 years prior. Hulk Hogan, prominent damn near 20 years. Macho Man, same thing. Well, I know that Nash or Hall not ready for any spotlight when they were in WCW prior. Yeah. But you think about it. These guys were in the company and they're being held down by the same people that they're yeah. trying to fucking rid of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. They go to WWE fucking, you know, you got Hogan there and you got Macho Man there and it's yeah. just like, you can't fucking escape it. No. So this new generation of guys, they want to fucking take them down. Yeah. And Hogan gets into this that because he's never, latching on to him. You never put friendship before business yeah and this is a pure business thing oh, between yeah. him nash and hall they have nothing going on together like no <laughs> like they are two opposite sides of the spectrum yeah and when you look at uh like those nwo promos too like those uh, paid advertisements it's basically hall and nash setting the narrative and cuts and clips of hulk hogan just randomly saying shit they're like hogan's uh henchmen at this point. Yeah. Who are steering the ship. You know what I mean? Like, it's, to me, looking at the NWO, Hogan, at this point in time, isn't steering the ship. Hogan is like um, a young upstart company getting a good sponsor. Yeah. It's ECW getting Terry Funk. Yeah. That's right? basically what it is. But, uh, you know, Credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, credibility is something this match does not have, though. Uh, this is bad. Yeah, this was this was everything that that you 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 don't want to watch. It's slow. It's boring. I didn't care one iota about it. And if I had lived under a rock for twenty five <laughs> years prior, 
I would still see the end of this match coming a million miles away. A million miles. You knew. You knew where this was going. You didn't need to see this before and know the whole narrative at NWO to know where this was going. Exactly. Um, weird bootleg NWO shirt aside. No weight belt on Hulk Hogan. No, not yet. Nothing iconic. Hogan not into his heel shtick yet. He's still working like a baby face. He's, he's still wor- bumping like a baby he's face. He's working like a baby face. He's entering like red and yellow Hulk Hogan, yep. but instead of the whole... His, he he lost his mannerisms, so yeah. I don't think he knows what to do yet. Uh, and I can understand that. I think Hogan is really he. Once he fir- gets that title and he turns that into the the guitar, and then he gets the boas and he gets the smirk where he yeah. does duck lips and all that yeah. kind of stuff. He, he comes into the character, but it does take a little while. And you know, you got Hulk Hogan's been playing babyface since '83, man. It's got to be some kind of weird change. I would imagine. Yeah, you're playing the same role for years Mm -hmm. and then like one month you've got to change it from one end to the other yeah you know yeah and you got to maintain this fucking stupid facial hair (laughs) and it also i have to give giant credit to because he had to on the fly work as babyface in peril yeah and how does a giant work babyface a man with less than a year's worth of wrestling experience has to go from being the guy that pretty much works the entire match dominating because that's what he should do mm-hmm. to selling for Hulk Hogan yeah. all the match with rest hold after rest hold after rest hold yeah. that's all it was it was yeah. just Hogan doing rest holds yeah it was Hogan doing rest, rest holds giant missing big boots left right and center but uh, the finish of the match comes with Hall interfered and was slammed off the top rope and, cho- and then uh, choke slammed. Nash then gets Jimmy Hart's megaphone and he gets choke slammed. Hogan though ends up grabbing the megaphone, hits Giant with it, and scores the pin. And he is now the new WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And before that, Giant hulked up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That happened. It did. Because I mean, get, he get some baby them, right? face cheers for Giant by fucking doing the Hulk up sequence. <laughs> and the crowd did not give a fuck about the Giant. They were all for Hulk Hogan winning this match. Because he's I, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And all I saw during that was um, Big Show in the WF in like 2000, where he used to make fun of everyone. Oh, yeah. When he, he did dressed the show up as the Mania. Hulkster. Yeah. 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 But then Booty Man, like we were saying, wearing the knockoff NWO t-shirt came down, and as if he was the fourth guy, he showed up with a birthday cake, hinting that Hogan turns 43 the next day. Like, can you imagine? In 1996, Hogan was 43. Yeah. 43 years old, and he would wrestle until, like, what, 2009, 2010? Like, odd matches after 2007. He had his last match that I think... I think his last match was against Sting at Bound for Glory 2011 or 2012. Mm, gross. Absolutely disgusting. But uh, uh, Hogan thanks Brutai, brother Brutai, and then uh, Hogan gets National Hall to turn on him, and uh, then Hogan spray paints the NWO logo on the belt. Yeah, and I thought that he was going to spray the logo on Giant's back, but... Not yet, I guess. I guess it doesn't happen yet. Um, the setup to Brutus getting attacked was really good. Yeah. Hogan, you know, really selling the fact that we've been friends for 20 years. We've been friends for 20 years. And, you know, I don't usually make an exception for friendship before business, but on this occasion I will. And then he fucking sicks them on him. 
Yeah. And do you have the soundbite for what he says? No. Okay, so he alludes to Flair challenging him at Clash of the Champions on Wednesday. All right, that for the happens, world title. doesn't it? <clears throat> so they're not building up to another future title match at a pay-per-view. It's for Clash of Champions. Yeah. And he says, if you think that I would do that to my best friend, what do you think I'm going to do to you? Yeah. And I thought that, I that did, was a I, good I remember fucking what, line. Yeah, it was a good line. I couldn't understand where you're... I didn't know where you were going. At first, and then when you were like, you think this is what I do to my best friend, I was like, oh, yes, that did happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, all, all in all, Hogan um, is cutting some great thing. promos. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, this is a rejuvenated Hogan. Oh, I, for I, sure. I think, he, I think uh, creatively, I don't know if Hogan ever thought creatively when it came to his work in wrestling, <laughs> but he must be having a ball with this. I think so. I think so. At least, I mean... Who wouldn't be having a ball with this? Some dude that's been everywhere. He has been the biggest star in wrestling for years. And now he gets to kind of like slightly let his frustrations out. Yeah. On obviously one of the most stressful jobs being in the public eye that much. Yeah. And resent resentment and all that kind of stuff. Sure. For sure. Uh, Travis, uh, so we like to end... The, the talk of the show with a familiar way. Uh, our scores, bores, and sores. What would be your uh, your score? Hmm. Commentary. Easily. Okay. Just um, the good, the bad, the ugly of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, for me, the scores are obviously the Rey Mysterio Ultimate Dragon match or uh, the uh, Chris Benoit Dean Malenko or, you know, Nunchucks. <laughs> One of those two. Uh, what about your uh, your sore? I think both of our sores going to be the exact same thing. My sores will be uh, commentary for the Bull Nakano and Medusa match. Yeah. And uh, the Sturgis crowd reacting to Harlem Heat. Oh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I got nothing else to add to that. Those are the two biggest sores. I feel like that's a, that's a mutual one right yeah, there. Yeah, that is, that is very mutual. And uh, uh, Boars. Boars. Um... I went in a different order that time, but I mean, whatever. It's okay. The uh, I'm just going to go the out smoke and, and mirrors of Benoit and Malenko. Okay, fair enough. Um, it it was just um, unexpected. That's fair. That's fair. And obviously, the end of your matches. I'm I'm going with the last hour of the show. Yep. Yep. Last absolutely. hour of the show was uh, was very lackluster. So now, Travis, do you have the SummerSlam pay-per-view? Our next show. Yes, I do. WWF SummerSlam 1996 from Cleveland, Ohio. So for months, Tyler, I have been talking about this Yokozuna and Steve Austin. You have, and we're not going to see it. We can watch it. Nah, it's only a minute 52 seconds. I have no (laughs) no want to see it, obviously. It's um, only to see Yokozuna try to take a stunner. It's fascinating to watch. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Like, it's fascinating. this is his last match, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have it on that Legacy of Steve Austin oh, DVD. Yeah. I saw it like when I was like 13 or 14, like my peak fandom and fucking yeah. Crazy to watch. Um so SummerSlam, the main card. We get Owen Hart taking on Savio Vega. Yeah. Can't wait for that fucking 13 minutes of glory. 
I'm ex- I think that'll be fine. Owen Hart's gonna be great, but I don't. I don't know. Owen Hart and Savio Vega. Savio Vega has never. I've never been a fan. I think Owen and Savio will pull off a decent opener. Oh, I'm sure they'll have a decent opener, but it is not. When you look at this opener compared to what we got in WCW, oh, well, it's yeah. night and day. It's no wonder this this company is not doing. Well, half WWF as good. was the reverse of WCW. Yeah, their cards get better over time. Yeah, WCW show goes worse. on. Yeah. Uh, the next match, which I will say I am not looking forward to one bit, mm, is no. a four-way elimination match for the WWF World Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Smoking Guns, who are the champions, because Sonny's managing them, and she only goes where the gold is, yep. uh, taking on the Body Donnas, Skip and Zip, taking on the Godwins, Hog and Pig, and taking on the new Rockers. Cool, man. Leaf Casty and Marty Ka- Marty. <laughs> I can't Genetti. wait to see this. <laughs> Um, next match new rockers. is Psycho Sid taking on the British Bulldog, which I'm interested to see how bad this will be. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a good combination of workers. Nope. Um, Goldust will take on Mark Marrow. This love triangle between Goldust, Marlena, and Sable concludes. But where does mankind fit in with it? <laughs> The match we've all been waiting for, Jake Roberts taking on Jerry Lawler. Motherfucker. In a loser goes to AA yeah, match. Yeah. <laughs> loser airs his grievances. Yeah. Um, okay, and then we get to the final two matches, which are... The only two matches of note. Yeah, the only two matches you'll know from this show, and the only two matches that I, I'm going to hazard to say worth watching on this mm-hmm. show yeah. would be uh, the Boiler Room Brawl. Between Mankind and The Undertaker, where the match starts in the boiler room and ends in the ring. Yep. This match has a lot of very uh, important story elements to it. So Yeah, because this, this, this would uh, kickstart The Undertaker-Mankind story that would be told for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, a betrayal happens. So uh, <laughs> next up is the WWF World Heavyweight Championship match between Shawn Michaels taking on Vader. Um yeah, Vader's only WWF championship shot. This was... It's because he's a fat piece of shit. This was the match that he was built up for having. Yeah, the moment he got into the WWF. Him anymore after that. So, um, ultimately, the last two matches on this show are looking to be pretty fucking good. Yeah. The card does not look terrible. It doesn't look good either. But you know what? On paper, Hog Wild looked good, too. That's true. That's true. And I remember when we were reviewing International Incident. They were just like, man, Hogwild looks like it's going to be fantastic. And then you watch it, and it's like, oh. So we always got to take things with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Fall Brawl 96 and, oh, Mind Games. Mm, I've seen Mind <laughs> Games. We got one good match on that show. Uh, we yeah. definitely got one good one. match. God damn. That singles the end of this episode. Uh, make sure you check out all the shows on the Fat Dog Network as well as us. You can go to fatdogpod.com to read bios, to listen to episodes, all that good jazz. You can follow us on Twitter at Fudging Up. You can follow Travis on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> you can follow <laughs> Tyler or us yes. at fu- the Federation. That's true. You can follow me at Fudging Up 333. I didn't say anything as a handle, did I? You I said, said you, uh, can you can follow, follow us on Twitter and you can follow Travis. You can follow, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, you can go on Facebook, the Federation Podcast, buy our t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. Don't forget to subscribe to Patreon, like Ty Loney, Mitch Woolridge, Chris Savage, and Chris Spalding, or PayPal, like Big Body Sam. Travis, we've been on, uh, do, talking about this show for about almost two hours. Let's get the fuck out of here. So, keep on rocking free world, man. Doot-doot-doot. Doot-doot.